this isn't the black excellence that I see. Like, I don't understand why we can't create something that we don't see in the world. And then the quote just kept floating through my ears that was like, we are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones we've been waiting for. And I just kind of turned to my friends and I was like, guys, like the fact that like there isn't a culture con, maybe we're supposed to be the ones who create it. And then we did. Created for the MAPE community, by the MAPE community. Left Unsaid is a podcast where we speak our truth, celebrate our talents, tell our stories, and explore what matters most to us. It's time to leave everything on the table and make sure nothing is left unsaid. Welcome to another episode of Left Unsaid. I'm your host, Carl Desir, and our guest today, well, she's just amazing. I cannot wait to have this conversation. I'm going to let her introduce herself because she can do that better than I can. Imani, you want to go ahead and tell everyone who you are? For sure. Hey, Carl. I'm, I'm excited to be here. My name is Imani. I am the founder of the Creative Collective and CultureCon. And we're basically a community that's dedicated to facilitating brave spaces for creatives of color. So just creating spaces in the world that we don't see. I'm really excited to be here. We're excited to have you. I before, well, let's do this because I got excited. I got, I got like very curious about the whole brave space. You know, there's a lot of conversation about safe space, brave space. What are the difference? What, so we'll get into that in a second because I want to do our red, yellow, green check in with you. So as as listeners know, we do a check in. Red, yellow, green. Red being not here, you're distracted. Green being you're fully present, ready to go. Yellow, you're somewhere in the middle, or any combination of that. Based on that, how are you coming in today? If I were a pie chart, mm. I would say that 75% of that pie chart would be green. Okay. And then 25% would be yellow. Okay. I got a little hungry, but I'm computing <laughs> that. 75% green, 25% yellow. Okay. Would you want to explain those ratios or? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm currently sitting on a farm and one of the best parts about being on this farm the past two weeks has been just my attention and my intention in terms of like focus. Like I'm trying to be super present. So I'll even carve out time on my calendar that's like read during this time. And during that time, I don't even like look at my phone, which is a very different kind of life than I was living in Harlem. So I am 75% here with you, but I'm still a work in progress. So there's 25% of me that's like, what have I not done today that I was supposed to do today? Mm, I, that's a real feeling. Real <laughs> right. feeling. And I totally, you're, you're hitting us with these brave versus safe, attention versus intention. Because I totally, like we, during the pandemic, we escaped out to Martha's Vineyard and just stepping back out of the Brooklyn, the New York lifestyle, the hustle and bustle allows you to sometimes just, set that tension versus intention, right? And really create space, brave or safe or whatever, for you to really map that out. So I think that's, that's great. And just the image of a farm right now is just nice altogether. Totally. It's just, I was just thinking, it's like, you know, I literally get to see the sunrise every morning and being surrounded by buildings in New York, I just didn't even think about things like that. But I see it rise every morning and just the amount of gratitude it gives me, it's just I didn't realize like such a small thing uh, could have such a large impact. You know, I, 
It's so funny you say that because I have grown up in the Northeast and I've seen a lot of falls in my day. This is the first fall I actually remember seeing leaves that are trees with half the leaves one color, half the leaves other. And wow. having been in New York for, you know, 13 years, New York City, it's like the trees are green and all the leaves are gone. Like that's <laughs> totally. it. Totally, yeah. And just taking, again, like you were said, taking a step back to actually notice the things around you now has, has I think it really helps you create the space of intention. A thousand percent. And it's kind of like for this to be happening and we're all, you know, experiencing COVID in different ways, but, you know, nonetheless experiencing it together it's like, what is going to be the takeaway for such a huge cosmic shift? Like if I were to really step away and be the exact same person that I was when I went into the pandemic, I just feel like that's such a missed opportunity. So I'm like, my life is radically shifted. Like, what would it look like if I shifted with it instead mm-hmm. of just being like, oh no, it's safer just to do the same things and bucker down in my Harlem apartment. I'm like, I'm going to a farm because for the first time in my life, I don't have to be in an office. So I'm going to work from wherever I want. Yeah. Those shifts. Let's, let's talk about those shifts, but first let's, let's get to, to where you were before the pandemic. I want to know a little bit about how you actually came. What was your intention in creating the creative collective NYC and then culture con? Like what about you led you to that purpose? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, what ended up happening was I really just wanted to stop something instead of starting it. So initially I was just going to join a board of an existing program and maybe be kind of like their community leader or work with events. But I would go to all these different events and no shade to those events. But I kind of in the back of my mind was like, hmm, I would have kind of done it like that or hmm it'd be so cool if they would do it like this. And ironically, I'm an introvert, which is ironic that I started this huge conference (laughs) because I would go to these events and I just didn't feel very comfortable walking up to complete strangers and like networking. And then even when I did network, it was like, hey, my name is Ashley. What is your name? And like, what do you do? And I'm like, okay, Ashley, like my name's Imani. Here's a few other things instead of just what I do. And that's all of these things you know, when things are happening one at a time, you don't see them as anything special. But when I look back, all of these things played a huge part in terms of, you know, creating the creative collective. Both of my parents are pastors. And so I grew up going to Bible study. And so I wanted to create this space where we could fellowship and talk about all types of things and not only like what we did, but like who we are. And that was it. And I think the kind of thing that surprised me was, it really opened my eyes that like, I'm not the only one. And there are so many people who also were kind of fatigued by this like idea of networking and were fatigued by like, oh no, you're a lawyer, right? You can only be a lawyer. Like, so I just wanted to kind of explore a lot of things. And that's how the Creative Collective was born was just inviting some friends over to my apartment and the rest is kind of history. And what, and what a history it is. I love that you wanted to stop something instead of starting something else. And the idea of fellowship and that sort of connection that's so needed, especially now, right? As we are physically distant from each other and everybody is out there hurting in some way, shape or form, some more than others, some in different ways than others. So how did, how did you go from the creative collective and that sort of idea of fellowship to culture con? 
you know, I've got this kind of like bad habit that I wonder if in fact it's a good one, but like when a little kind of vision goes through my head, I'm immediately like, oh yeah, let's do it. So you have a superpower. It's a superpower, but you need people around you who can like tie a string to that balloon so that like it's a little grounded. So I've got those people now, but I kind of was like, man, we're doing consistent events, you know, every month, 350 people. Uh, Like what if we took all these events that we've been doing for the past few months and like made it a conference because I didn't see a, again, I didn't see a conference that like, I wanted to attend the whole conference. There were mm-hmm. conferences that like I would run to like one panel or like conferences mm-hmm. that like I'd want to see one performance, but I wasn't like this whole conference was like made for me. And also I kind of just didn't buy the representation that was out there. I just was like, this isn't the black excellence that I see. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why we can't create something that we don't see in the world. And then the quote just kept floating through my ears. That was like, we are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones we've been waiting for. And I just kind of turned to my friends and I was like, guys, like the fact that like there isn't a culture con, like maybe we're supposed to be the ones who create it. And then we did. Mm. So, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm, I don't even know what to say right now. Like that was just so like, we are the ones we've been waiting for. Let's just do it. That is so just powerful in itself. How did, like, I'm just, I'm curious because you said like, you have the vision that goes through your head. You need someone to tie down, tie the balloon, string of the balloon and keep it grounded. How did you then find those people? Like, who were those people in your lives that really helped you tie it down? I'm super blessed in terms of my ecosystem. I mean, first and foremost, I have parents who have always said, like, if you work hard enough, you can do anything. And I think in my earlier years, I took for granted that kind of messaging because it was the only messaging I'd ever heard. So I really believed that my entire life. If you have an idea and you put work behind it, you can create it. So I think that before anything. And of course, like through the grace of God, like those two things have just been like the foundation is like, I believed I could do it because sometimes a limited mindset limits the person. They don't think they could be a director at a company. They kind of sabotage themselves and only do manager level work. But I always was like, if I work hard enough, I can do things. So it started there. Um, But then I have amazing friends who I would kind of come to with these ideas and like, maybe we were naive or maybe we were ambitious who knows, but we were like, okay. And, you know, I started asking my friends, okay, what department do you want to work in? And then once we had those seats filled, I looked for the gaps and I found people that were good at things that I wasn't good at. And we learned, we made a lot of mistakes. The first year of CultureCon, we didn't even have walkie talkies. It was just a large group (laughs) chat. So Spike Lee got there and we were like, Spike Lee, here. Like, I mean, it was just like, what? Like, why don't you have a walkie talkie? But, you know, then fast forward to last year, we've got Tracy Ellis Ross and over 3000 people and all these amazing sponsors. And so every step of the way, you know, there's been these amazing people, Brittany Escovito, who owns Beyond 8, the production company that we work with, Black Woman. Like, we just found people that were experts in their arenas. I hired project managers, you know, Amber and Abila and I just was able to step out of my own way. And, and I think just find like, my, these are the things you're really good at. Mm. These are the things you need to like bring someone on. And then I just keep doing that with every project that we work on. That's, I, 
There's so much that stood out. And first off, let's, let's also shout out Elaine Welteroth, who's been on the CultureCon stage. Oh Maple my Lum. gosh, she's the best. All I right. love her. What I love about what you did there is you, you took this idea of this like limited mindset, right? Your limiting beliefs you have. And you said, I'm going to break that down. And I'm going to make the space for people to live up to their true potential. And you said, what do you want to do? It wasn't like, well, oh, you've done this stuff in the past, so maybe you should be this. Like, what do you want to do? And you said, I'm going to create a space for that. And yeah. you filled it. And as a, as, a, as, a, you know, as a founder and leader of this, like, I think it's so impressive. You were just like, let me just step aside. I know what I'm good at. I'm going to let people handle this, that, that, so that all of us can grow together and we can move this forward. And you said there were, what, 3,000 people at CultureCon this, this past summer? Yeah. In, well, mm-hmm. in 2019, right? 2019, yeah. Yeah, because we know those things didn't happen in 2020. But yeah, and that's and that's actually, we were talking before we started recording about the digital billboard. That's the digital billboard I saw. It was the Tracy Ellis Ross one from 2019. Oh, and I was just like, nice. look at CultureCon coming up. I like mm-hmm. it. Love a digital billboard. Yeah. And they, they work, apparently. I saw it. They right. Work. You remembered it. <laughs> and I remembered it. It was right out, it was literally a block away from my house in Brooklyn. I remember, I can picture it in my head. So that's really, that's really great. I'm, thinking, I, I'm just so like, taken aback by the impact this must have had, both like starting off with the Creative Collective NYC and then the type of fellowship you're bringing and then finding a way to create that for so many more people over the years. Now we, we already touched on 2020 a little bit. Everything changed in 2020. In so many ways. So as you were kind of coming into planning for 2020, you know, and things shifted, like what went through your mind? And 2020, I mean, I think everyone was like, the stars are aligning. It's our year, 2020 vision. And I think, I mean, I was right there on that speedboat. Mm-hmm. Um, we were pacing just to have, I think, one of our most exciting years ever. You know, we were going to do CultureCon New York. We were going to expand to CultureCon Atlanta. You know, I think it had to have been a week before we had to cancel Atlanta. We were almost sold out. I think we had almost like 10 more tickets to go. So it was all happening. And I had a delayed reaction because when COVID first started happening, I was like, oh man, like that's pretty bad. Like, and people were already texting me like, oh, I'm so sorry about CultureCon. And I, I literally was like, why? It's not until oh. October. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people were thinking that that kind of way. Like, why? Um, and then we saw South by Southwest, and then we saw the Olympics. And so I think for us, to be honest, because it was a worldwide thing, it almost made the decision a non-starter, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of were we canceling or were we not. If the Olympics are going to cancel, then we definitely need to for safety reasons. But then I also think, you know, listen, it was... It was also the only physical way that you could have gotten Imani Ellis. And yes, I'm talking about myself in third person. (laughs) It's the only way you could have gotten me to slow down. The only way. The only way. Nothing was going to slow me down. I lived for a stuffed calendar. Mm. I, I woke up and I looked at my calendar and I was like, oh, this actually is not efficient enough. We need to put some more things on this calendar. Wow. I need like three more meetings wow. in that hour. That's just how I lived. I mean, it was, you know, when I was in New York and it was, 
from this to this, to this, to this, to this, that's just how I operated. And when I wasn't working, I was restless. I did not know how to relax. And so at first, I think when this first happened, I was like, okay, how are we going to fix this? And then it dawned on me that nobody was having events. It wasn't a culture con failure. It Mm -hmm. wasn't the creative collective wasn't performing. It was like, nobody can go outside. And when that hit me for real, I was like, wait, I can now explore a completely different life. I think sometimes I joke about what, you know, the other Imani is doing and she's living on a farm. So I, I got to tell you, I know that it's, it's so scary for everyone and there's different degrees. And I think we've seen that, but I'm also, I've never been more well-rested probably in my adult life, like ever. And even my friends are like, Wow. <laughs> this wow. I mean my friends, so that's yeah. that's big. You you um it brought me back to the attention versus intention because it sounded like while in New York you just had to have your attention on everything and now being able to step back, you can actually create some intention about that and fill your calendar with stuff that actually like enriches you, which is both Amanis, right? Because you also hit me hit me hard with that. There's this Amani over here that's living this life, but then there's this other Amani over here that just wants to live this sort of life too, just wants a little say in, in this. So now both of them are getting fed with attention and intention, uh, yeah. which is just a beautiful thing. Exactly. Oh my God, you just you literally just said it so perfectly, like chef's kiss, yes. Chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a good chef's kiss. So when you look at, you know, now you've taken back and you know, 2020 is not, is not over and we're still in the midst of a lot of, of just, I'm just going to say just a lot of 2020 left to, left to be played out. You had to shift a lot for what Creative Collective and CultureCon was going to do in 2020. And it's how you were going to continue that idea of the fellowship that you bring together and then what CultureCon bring with that, you know, the just what, pe- what the people want. I know you partnered with MAPE, this year in their virtual engagement program. How did that fit into kind of where you saw as you started to adjust 2020, where you saw it going? And what was it like, that experience? Yeah, I mean, I've always had such a spot for the next generation. I think I can see myself vividly in every single question that I'm asked about you know, what the next step and the next journey looks like. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, can our session be like two hours longer? Because I just could, I could literally see it. And so, you know, speaking to all the different students and just kind of like, it kind of, it takes you back to when you were doing informationals and asking and just so uncertain and having people say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, but your head's on fire and you're like, it's not going to be okay. I need a job. And I think for me, you just always have to like, make sure that when you're opening a door, you're keeping it open for whoever's coming behind you. And I'm just, you know, being introduced to Maple is just incredible because I had been looking for ways to kind of like pay it forward. And sometimes I feel like the way that the light, the way that the world works is like you end up finding what you're seeking and what you're seeking is like seeking you. And so I think that was a perfect example of just like paying it forward. And like some of the things that we take for granted, our experiences are like life lessons for, you know, those who are just getting started. So it was pretty incredible. 
just to be an open book because we were, we, I mean, they had so many questions and I was just like, let's, let's sit back and talk because some of the things that I was taught, I kind of threw those out the window. They didn't really serve me, Mm -hmm. but then there were some things I learned on my own that I, I wanted to share with them as well. I, I mean, I realized, I always knew this, but it was kind of reinforced for me recently as I've, you know, had some time and get to choose what I pick and do that, I don't know, talking to students and like young professionals gives me life because there's, you're right, they're so hungry. They just want to know, yes, they're, they're on fire with like, what do I do? What do I do? But in such a genuine way of just like, I'm, they're just trying to figure it out and being able to just be part of that journey is such a such an amazing thing. You talked about well, let's, let's just I mean let's just let's just get right into it, right? Because where do you see? Because you know this, how MAPE had to pivot and bring was it was actually allowed them to bring in folks like yourself and others who might not have one had the intention or attention to to do that and do that because you know it might involve travel and getting at, you know a room for three hundred people, but now it's like it's so easy. How do you see the work you're doing with both the Creative Collective and CultureCon shifting? Because I think it's pretty safe to say we're not going to back the way things are. We're not going to be meeting in large groups anytime soon. How are these things shifting for you and, and what you do? I mean, for us, you have to remember it's it's really less of a shift and more of a like, I think a return to, because we started very small and intimate Mm. and then became very large for us. I think it's always just keeping that energy of that living room and everything that we do. And then also being comfortable to start a conversation, but allowing the community to finish it. Right. So instead of just saying and prescribing what we want for them to do, we just ask them, we literally like slide into our DMS and let us know what you want more of. And when you ask the creative collective to let you know what they want, they are not shy. They will tell you. And they were like, we want classes and like, we want resources, but we want to be able to watch them when we want to watch them. We Mm. don't want to spend a whole day in front of a computer watching a live conference. And we also don't want it to disappear in 24 hours because we got a lot of things, you know, we're we're at work, we're at home, we're, we're doing all these things. Like, it'd be great if like you're a morning person, you can watch it in the morning or, you know, if you're a night owl, you can watch it at night. So that's how the idea of creative curriculum was born was we wanted to create some just really incredible classes across a lot of different disciplines for our community and really just really work on shrinking the the knowledge gap. Because I think a lot of times we talk about wealth and money and those things are important, Mm -hmm. but a lot of information out there that like a lot of people just don't know. And I wish I could articulate that more succinctly, but I just think there's so many baseline things that young professionals and creatives need to know from an information standpoint, especially if you're going to be an entrepreneur. And those are the less sexy things like forming an LLC, not commingling your funds, understanding how to structure a business. Like these things that like, unless you had a mentor who was like, Hey, Amani, don't commingle your funds. You probably have no idea what I'm even talking about. So that's really what we wanted to kind of like fill this space with was this like on-demand learning. And it was great. I mean, it's been great. We gave away over 1500 tickets to students, a lot of MAPE young professionals and students got free passes too. And 
I think for us, it's just been exciting to just kind of like, again, like have an idea and then like just create it. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't have a much less like exciting example of that, right? Because I, I agree with the, the knowledge gap, just like you, people have to know what's out there. Right, even if they never want to start a business, just understand what commingling funds is. That might come up somewhere later down the line. Who knows? Yeah. And just, I mean, I mean, the reason I really wanted to get involved with Mabe was when I was in college, and some might say I went to arguably the best university in the world, and I would say I did. And that is Harvard. Oh, sh- oh, mic drop. I, I thought you were about to be like, never mind. Let me not say another school because that's shade, but. Wow, that's great. Okay. If it's Yale, you can totally say it because. Aren't you wearing your Harvard sweatshirt? Well, I already had it on today earlier, and I oh, took okay, it off. Okay. I, you know, I can't wear it all day. It's it's. Got I'm it. like I've been I haven't been to Harvard in wow a long time, so it's kind of tattered. But just think about going there. Like I didn't know anything about advertising. You know, like there was opportunities out there abound that were not present at even the top institution in the world. It wasn't until I left there and found out through other people about things like MAPE and advertising. And then I, st- I started to think about like, if I didn't know about that, there's got to be other people I didn't know about advertising, right? As like a very narrow example. And then it was kind of like my mission to make sure that folks could know about that just by anything I could do, right? I didn't obviously start a big conference and that's not what I'm supposed to do. But I, it was like, I tell everyone, it's like, yeah, there's opportunities here. Because if you don't know, how can you even pursue that. Totally. You know, right? A thousand percent. So it's, I love, and you said it was the creative curriculum and that mm-hmm. idea of teaching people. And again, I did it in MAPE too. It's funny. We made, when I was running MAPE, we made everyone learn how to code and people, some people were not happy about it. Cause they're like, I'm never going to use this. But then I, <laughs> as soon as I they got to learn how to code, sheesh. Yeah. I wish I did too. And then it was like people got into the workplace and everyone was talking about coding, even if you weren't a coder. And they're like, oh, I see why we learned this. Because we at least just just know. And the idea for this like creative curriculum to like narrow those gaps and build bridges over those gaps so that people can just know more about and it might spark something that leads people to just like you, just like, I want to stop doing, I want to stop something and make it better. Right, right. Because it's, it's, listen, it's, there's so much out there about entrepreneurship and all these get rich quick schemes and all you do, like, it, it's just a lot. And it's, it's almost enough to make you like, you know what? I'm a gen, never mind. Yeah. And so I think sometimes you need something that's just boiled down and organized in a like digestible way. That's like, okay, it's not a, just about making money. It's about like, saving the money that you make. Like if it's going out as quickly as it's coming in, you aren't really doing much. And so those are just like basic things that I think I hadn't heard a sentence like that before. I just heard make a lot of money. Yeah. I I think, you know, if, whether it's telling folks, Hey, check out mate or like building a conference, I feel like we all have different lanes and they all lead to, you know, the revolution. So where I want to, I want to sign up to learn how to form an LLC. How, how do I sign up for the creative curriculum or a class or whatever I need to? Yeah, so you guys can check out our website. It's the ccnyc.com and creative curriculum is there. You can watch a culture con video from last year, live in full nostalgia. It's all <laughs> housed. It's all housed there. Oh, nothing, nothing like nostalgia 
on a on a rainy fall day. <laughs> exactly. All right. The we the ccnyc.com. Yeah. We'll or on it. yeah, on Instagram, the ccnyc. All right, we'll put, we'll put it we'll put it somewhere in the in what we call the show notes. So listen, I we're we're trying out a new a new segment, we'll call it. All right? The name of the podcast is Left Unsaid. Right? We're not supposed to leave nothing on the table or leave it all out on the table. I'm going to give you 60 seconds or thereabout to leave it all out on the table and make sure you there's nothing left unsaid. I would just say that the theme of my life right now and the theme that I'm moving for is being brave. And being brave doesn't always have to mean you're the loudest person in the room. It just means standing up for yourself, standing up for your values and asking yourself like what truly makes me happy and then pursuing the answers to those questions. Boom. Bravery. Was that okay? Was yeah, that you, good? you brought, okay. I love it. You brought it. Hey, it's whatever you want. You brought it back around. We started with the, you know, you started talking about creating a brave space and the theme of your life is living bravely. I mean, yeah. Like we've come full circle. We have. Come full circle. So Monty, I mean, we could keep talking forever about this stuff. And I'm sure there's some stuff we didn't cover on this. But you know, this was great conversation. I hope this is really awesome. I felt like it felt I know we're virtual, but I feel like we could have had this conversation in a coffee shop pre COVID. Totally. Yeah. And you know. Once we're able to start meeting, or actually once you come back from the farm, maybe we can have it if in a coffee I come shop. Back from if, the farm. ooh, if. Okay. <laughs> Just I kidding. Like, no, no, I like that was that was that was the Amani that was, was so hidden before, like trying to speak out. She's like, now listen. Right. We're not coming back. I'm I this is where I need to be. And uh-huh. you know what? That's great. She she needs more of a voice every once in a while. I'm glad she got it. <laughs> I'm glad that intention came out. I just want to thank you for taking the time with us today, sharing your story, sharing how you're impacting the communities around you and beyond. And I look forward to seeing, you know, what the Creative Collective, CultureCon, you do as we end 2020 and go into the whatever this new world will be. Brave new world. Brave new world. Now, Carl, thank you so much for having me. This was great. <laughs>